Welcome to Clued in Mystery. I'm Sarah. And I'm Brooke. And we both love mystery. Hi, Brooke. Hi, Sarah. We have a special guest today. I'm very excited. Yeah, today we're going to be talking with Lori Briley Fairchild. Would you like to introduce her, Sarah? Absolutely. Lori Briley Fairchild is a writer of young adult dystopian novels and children's mysteries. After 20 years as a freelance writer, editor, and mom, she decided it was time to chase her own dreams of becoming a successful author. She hails from the Kansas City area, and it's okay if you're not sure if it's in Kansas or Missouri. Sometimes she doesn't know either. When she's not writing, she's probably watching sports. She loves the Boston Red Sox and the Kansas City Chiefs, or Doctor Who, her favorite doctor is the 10th, wondering why her husband plays his music so loud, or working at her other full-time job of professional ear scratcher for her two dogs, whose names are, yes, Buddy and Panda. Yes, because today we're going to be talking about young sleuths for young readers, and Buddy and Panda are the stars of Lori Briley's uh, Kids Mysteries. And so many of us started our love of mystery at a very young age. When other kids were fascinated with superheroes or popular cartoon characters, us mystery buffs were pretending to be Encyclopedia Brown or Harriet the Spy. But before young sleuthers can graduate to even Nancy Drew or the Hardy Boys, they need puzzling cases to solve appropriate for their ages according to their reading levels, and all about their interests. And that's what we'll be talking about today with Lori, who, among other things, writes mysteries, especially for budding mystery fans. Welcome, Lori. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, this is going to be great. All three of us are moms and have been mystery buffs since we were kids. So this is just a really fun topic. We've got multi-generational experience with this, right? Absolutely. So uh, speaking of that, Lori, what were some of your favorite mysteries to read when you were a kid? Um, So I was a big Encyclopedia Brown fan. I think I read every single one of those. And then um, The Great Brain, I loved all of those. And then um, I loved to read from like a super young age. And so I read like above my grade level and I got into Agatha Christie really early. My mom was like, sure, you can read my mystery. So, um, but yeah, Encyclopedia Brown and then those two minute mysteries, my, my, uh, one of my grade school teachers used to like, you know, pop those out just for, you know, uh, in between things. And I loved those. I would sit there and like puzzle over them and, you know, try and figure them out. So, so those were my favorites. I too loved Encyclopedia Brown. That was my go-to group of books when I got to go to the library in, in primary school. Yeah, me too. What about you, Sarah? Yeah, I'm trying to think. I don't think I actually read any Encyclopedia Brown. I did read some to prepare for this conversation, though. And, you know, reading it, I was I was fairly certain that I hadn't read that in the past. Um, definitely read Nancy Drew and, and the Hardy Boys uh, when I was younger. But I think like you, Lori, I was I, was, I think I was reading Agatha Christie probably a little earlier than I should. And I read uh, a lot of Enid Blyton and her mysteries. Yeah, I also uh, like Trixie Belden and the Bobsy Twins. My mom had the like the entire set of the Bobsy Twins. And so she let, she handed those off to me. 
I had a similar experience because I grew up basically across the street from my grandparents and they had kept their kids uh, books in the basement. So I used it as my little library and I'd go down and they had a lot of Bobsy twins, a couple Trixie Beldens. I think that's probably where I got introduced to Nancy Drew was from that collection. So super fun. Uh, So Lori, what inspired you to write for kids instead of mysteries for adults? Um, so I love children's literature. Like that is just something that I love to read and to, um, to enjoy when my kids were little, I was like, yes, I have a reason to read these books. And so, uh, you know, I started out writing uh, young adult dystopian cause that's another genre that I just absolutely adore. Um, but then my mom asked me if I would write a book about our dog, Buddy. Um, he's a German short-haired pointer. And unfortunately, he actually passed away about a year ago. Um, but he is living on in our books. But um, she's like, he needs his own book. And I was like, okay. And then, of course, when I started thinking about it, I was like, well, Buddy clearly belongs in, in a children's book. And um, I was like, well, of course I'm going to write a mystery because uh, that's one of my favorite children's genres. And so that it just kind of evolved from there to be... Um, mysteries for kids and really like my kids really enjoyed like the a to z mysteries when they were growing up and like there was the other set that was like washington dc i think i can't remember exactly they read so many um and i i really liked that whole idea of like a series where like you you know kept the same characters all along and whatever and so um so i wrote that first book honestly just to please my mom and i was like well that was a lot of fun like i'll do it some more (laughs) so the other thing about my books is that um this particular series of books is about a little girl who plays hockey she's the one that owns buddy and panda and um my youngest uh still plays ice hockey she's grown but um when she was growing up, there were no books that featured girls who played hockey. And so part of my idea behind these books was if I was going to write books for kids, then I wanted them to like really mean something as well. I mean, I wanted them to be fun, but I wanted them to have a purpose beyond that. And I remember being so frustrated trying to find something that where she could see herself. And so one of my goals with this was that there'd be books for little girls who play hockey where they can see themselves, that it's not abnormal. Like it's not something weird. People, you know, there are other girls that do this. I think that that's a shift maybe from the books that we would have been reading when we were younger to the books that are available now. I know um, with my son, who's still, you know, pretty young, uh, he loves reading mystery books. And and when he heard about the conversation that we were going to be having today, he gave me a stack of books that he thought I should talk about. And one of them, which he's reading right now, is called Avon Green Sleuthing Machine. And the character... Uh, was born without arms. And, you know, it's just a part of her life. And uh, she's very clever sleuth. I think what you were saying, Laurie, about, you know, having books that people can see themselves, it's, it's, we're seeing a lot more of that. Yeah, I think that's really true. And I think it's really important. So, so when my, my youngest was growing up, she was literally, we live in Kansas City, we are not a hockey hotbed of the world here. Um, and so she was literally the only girl in the entire organization that played hockey. And I am a firm believer that you cannot be what you cannot see. And so we know several little girls that started playing hockey because they saw her on the ice, right? 
and just being able to see yourself do, you know, seeing the things that you do and the things that you love to do are so important. And then to put it into a context, that's just fun, right? Like, like that's not the point of the story, right? The point of the story is the mystery, but you know, when a little girl reads that plays hockey, reads it and sees, you know, this other little girl, maybe as a kind of a side story, having trouble with, you know, a boy, you know, being mean to her or whatever, and having to deal with that. Well, like they, they realize, okay, well, this is, this is, you know, a piece of life and sure it's in the context of the story, but you should be able to see that, right? Like everyone Mm -hmm. should be able to see themselves in a book at some point. I love that, Lori. I think that we need a t-shirt that says you cannot be what you cannot see. It's like, it's so true. And, um, you know, I have a similar situation in living in a very rural place where, so you don't have a lot of the same resources for activities or coaching or anything like that. And so if you're involved in one of those, um, whether it's sports or music or whatever the activity is, if you, you probably don't have a lot of people who are engaged in the same activity. So I think even if it's not hockey, a child can read that and be like, oh yeah, I felt like that too, because, you know, I like this thing and and I don't know anyone else in my surroundings that likes it. And, and uh, it, it's just a really great way to make common ground. The other thing I like about your books, first of all, I will say that I definitely get that uh, same feeling when I read your books as I did when I read like the Harriet the Spy and uh, Encyclopedia Brown, like that you've really captured that tone of um, kids' mysteries. But nice. I also like, yeah, you're welcome. I also like that they're good for boys and for girls. Like I feel like a lot of children's literature is one or the other. You know, they're either a pink foofy cover or they're a blue and red, you know, uh, meant to be gendered for boys. And I love that this is a series that boys and girls alike, and they're not, it's not pigeonholed in that way. Yeah. I think, um, people ask me all the time, like, well, is this just a series for girls? And I, I always tell them, I was like, it's not because there's, there's plenty for everybody. Right. Because the, the story is told from the dog's point of view. Right. So that kind of ungenders it right away. Um, but I, I feel like there's things that girls can take away from it and there's things that boys can take away from it. And yeah. so, um, and I kind of did that deliberately because I think it's really good for um, guys to also maybe read a little bit about what girls go through, you know, in different ways. And the little girl has two friends. One is a girl and one is a boy. And I was trying to kind of get his viewpoint in a little bit as well so that it's kind of even, because I did, I wanted it to be, so that everybody could enjoy it because who doesn't want to read a book about that, you know, the dog is telling the story. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, are there certain conventions that authors have to abide by when they're writing for this age group? You know, there's definite conventions for adult mysteries. Are there certain things that you had to make sure you worked in or a uh, structure that you needed to follow? Um, I think it's mostly just about like being aware that your audience, like my books are like, I'd say like high reading second graders to like about fifth grade. It's kind of the target audience for them. And um, you have to be really aware of a, what, what those kids understand, right? Like, you know, they're not going to get adult, you know, nuance level nuance. Like uh, the mysteries when you write for kids are so much more straightforward. I mean, sure you have like red herrings and stuff like you know, you, you don't want to be like, oh, well, this is clearly the answer. 
but also you have to you have to make it very kind of linear for them right like the first book the little girl's hockey stick goes missing right and um well clearly nobody stole the stick right because that's just not you know we're not going to get into you know charging 10 year olds with that <laughs> right? <laughs> but you kind of have to like, you know, you have to make sure, okay, well, that character appeared. And if that's, that's going to be the conclusion of this, then that character has to, you know, kind of be a fairly memorable, it doesn't have to be obvious, it just has to be memorable. So that when they go back, when they see that the, the end, they're like, Oh, well, that makes sense, right? Like, yeah. And so I think you have to do that more. I mean, you always have to make your mystery make sense for, you know, adults too. But I think with kids, you have to just be very aware of, okay, well, does, you know, if I'm 10, is this gonna, you know, am I gonna be able to follow this? The other thing is, is you have to be really aware of like how old your references are. In my latest book, I, re- I referenced Oscar the Grouch. And one of my good friends is a fourth grade teacher. And so I have him like read all of them before I publish them. And he looked at me, he's like, I'll have to ask my kids if they know who Oscar the Grouch is. And I was like, oh, well, first off, that makes me sad. And second, I didn't even think that was like an old reference. I just thought everybody knew who Oscar the Grouch was. Turns out kids do still know who Oscar the Grouch is. Oh, good. Thank goodness. (laughs) But yeah, I think it's more things like that. And you have to be very conscious of like um, reading level. So mine are, 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 I try to write at a fourth grade level. And I always run my books through a Lexile reader, um, which will tell you at what grade level you're writing at. Um, so you, it's okay to write, you know, bigger words, but they have to be understandable to a fourth grader. And, mm-hmm. and sometimes that's tricky. Uh, you mentioned series earlier, Lori, and we know that they're very popular with adult readers. Is the same true for younger readers? Yes. Like kids love to have a book that they can then like read more about. Um, so, which you, I mean, you can see, I mean, like they're still writing Nancy Drew books today, right? Like, um, series for kids are definitely a benefit. And I think for kids, especially like, like we love them as adults because we like to like follow the story through and whatever. Um, a lot of series for kids don't have, um, an extensive like storyline through this series, right? Like a lot of mystery series, especially like my books don't have like a through line other than the fact that it's Buddy and Panda and it's these kids and everyone. So each one can be read kind of a standalone. Um, but they're all tied together by the, the characters in them. And a lot of mystery series for kids are like that because for kids, it's just, it's less work to have to get, to go into a book where you already know the characters. Right. And so when you're learning to read, things that are less work um, are helpful because then you can focus on what's actually going on in the story because kids in like, you know, between like second and fourth grade, they're really learning things like cause and effect. They're learning, you know, their comprehension a lot of times doesn't match their reading level. Like they can probably read at a higher level than what they comprehend. And so you kind of have to be aware of that and series for them make that easier, right? Like, okay, I don't have to think about the setting and I don't have to think about Mm. the characters. Like I already know who they are. So now all I have to do is worry about comprehending the story. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so I think they're really valuable for kids, especially as they're, they're growing their reading skills. I do have to say from my experience, my son is a big fan of the investigator series. I had not heard of them until you um, you guys sent me that question. Like after you guys sent me that, I went out on their website and was looking around and uh, they look fantastic. 
They're, so what I like about them is because we read them together. I think there's a lot that's been written with the adult reader in mind. And so I'm chuckling. I'm not sure that he gets the reference, but it makes me laugh. And so it's not as tedious as some um, books for children can be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and so like I'm quite happy for the next release to come out and for us to to read it together. Sarah, since my child is past the stage of the investigators, unfortunately, um, are there a lot of images and illustrations? Because that's something that came to my mind when I was reviewing some of the titles that I loved and my and my daughter loved. Is illustrations can still be really important at this age group and help fortify the story. Yeah, so the investigators are graphic novels, and so uh, the the illustrations are are really important. But I would say. Uh, from again, you know, my experience reading with my son, he likes it if there's an illustration, if not on every page, then every couple of pages, because uh, that's still something that uh, appeals to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's one thing. Um, illustrations are just expensive when you're you're self publishing, and so that's one thing I I hope in the future is to be able to put more into my books because right now mine don't have any, um, and it's that's simply not. It's not that I didn't want to put them in. It's just a, simply a factor of cost. Um, when you have to pay for each one of those illustrations, it mm-hmm. adds up really quickly. <laughs> but you do have really informative uh, covers, Lori. Like I really like that about, and I can remember as a kid, and even when I'm reading your books now, like I flip back to look back, like what does that little dog look like, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I want to like go back and look at the characters that you have on the front. So, um, so that is really well done. Yeah, those covers are so funny. I actually sent the illustrator like pictures of my dogs and I was like, okay, they need to look like this. And I would get get the sketch and I would show it to my kids and they'd be like, no, you know, you got to fix this and fix that. It doesn't look quite like that. It was very funny. Well, we're seeing a renaissance in mystery in the adult space. I mean, I think it kind of got kicked off with the Knives Out franchise and then we're seeing like Agatha Christie movies remade and... Do you feel like this is the same for the children's market? Is that trickling down? You know, I honestly, I'm not sure mysteries ever went out of style for kids. Um, They just are really, they're just such a great format for kids because they're, um, you know, it's, you know, you introduce the investigator, you throw out the clues, you try and figure out the mystery. Like they're just they're just perfectly set up for the way kids think, I think, you know, especially when they're learning, right? Like you're trying to teach them those things like, you know, okay, well, what do you think is going to happen next? Right. And mysteries are just perfectly set up for that. Right. Like, so who do you think did it or what do you think happened or, you know, and so I don't, I just don't feel like they ever went out of, out of vogue for kids. I think they, I think they've changed since the Encyclopedia Brown days a little bit, but I don't think that they've ever been not popular with kids. Yeah, that's great. Can you tell us a little bit about that, Lori, about how you think they've changed since uh, Encyclopedia Brown? You know, just kind of keeping up with the times, you know, about Encyclopedia Brown was like going around and like, he would have to see like the physical clues and that kind of stuff. Whereas, you know, a lot of times, like the more modern mysteries, it's modern day, like they're finding the clues, you know, digitally or, you know, their phone. In my mysteries, one of the big things is, is this little girl is 10 and she doesn't have a phone. Her parents won't get her one until she's 11. You know, that kind of thing, I think 
I really think like just more technology, more trying to be more relevant to the kids. I mean, I think that the basic through line of, you know, something happens and you have to figure out what it is, is the same. But I think just, you know, as times have changed, technology has changed. And I also think like, you have to be like a little bit snappier with your writing. Um, You got to move a little bit faster. Kids are used to like, you know, three minutes on the iPad and finding the Mm -hmm. answer kind of deal. And so I think that you just have to keep like moving the story along. Whereas I think when we were kids and especially like back in like the fifties, Nancy Drew, there was a little more than more ability to create a world and a scene and a, and that, um, whereas now it's kind of like, okay, well, something has to happen here or, um, or you're going to lose them. So Lori, I can tell that you have a really great handle on like the educational part of storytelling and what that can do kind of to enrich kids' education. And I, and you've done some school visits, right? So school visits are one of my favorite things to do. Um, I just love hanging out with kids and um, talking to them about writing and about um, reading and, and things that they like. I love to go into school. My favorite question to ask is, what are you reading? What, what books are you like? What are your favorites? Um, and sometimes I get surprised. I went to a middle school visit uh, not too long ago and I asked what, you know, what their favorite books were and I got, you know, normal stuff. And then one girl raises her hands. She goes, Good Omens, which is a Neil Gaiman and a Terry Pratchett book that got turned into a series. And uh, I was like, one of my favorites. And she was just dumbfounded that I like had read it and knew what it was and, and whatnot. And so those are some of my favorite conversations to have. But um, yeah, school visits are fun. Um, sometimes they want me to come in and talk about just being an author and what that's like. Other times they ask me to come in and do some kind of, you know, writing workshop. Um, I teach and tutor, um, like I do some writing workshops and I tutor kids in writing. So that's kind of right up my alley. Um, I used to teach at a uh, local private homeschool co-op thing. Um, and I love hanging out with kids and, and getting to teach them stuff. And so one of my favorite things to do is I, I go in and I take like a mystery, like I have them solve a mystery. It's kind of like a how to host a murder kind of thing, only generally not a murder since that's not really looked well upon in schools. But, you know, I give them a box. It's got all the clues in it. They have to work as a group to figure out what the answer is. And that's a hoot. Like, that's a lot of fun. Well, I love that you are raising up the next generation of mystery lovers and perhaps even mystery writers. Yeah, that's um, that's kind of the goal, right? Is, you know, we, we talk a lot nowadays about how kids don't like to read and like they just want to, you know, sit on their iPads. And like, I just don't think that's necessarily true. Um, I volunteer once a week with a, a local literacy organization and we go into school and we sit down into like underprivileged schools and sit down and uh, read with those kids just for 30 minutes because it's super important that they get that time. And I see kids excited about reading. I see them, you know, thrilled to sit down and read the, the book that they're reading. They read, they bring whatever book they want to read to you and they are excited to share that with you. And so I just think, I just don't think it's true that kids today don't want to read. I just think we have to remind them that it's fun and that it's an option. So Lori, where can readers find you and your books? Um, So they're available at, you know, pretty much every retailer like Amazon, Barnes and Noble, um, or you can go to my website, which is ldfairchildauthor.com. And um, I also have 
social media, uh, Facebook and Instagram. We'll make sure that we put all of those links into the show notes. Thank you again for joining us today, Lori. And thank you all for listening to Clued in Mystery. I'm Brooke. And I'm Sarah. And we both love mystery. Clued in Mystery is written and produced by Brooke Peterson and Sarah M. Stephen. Music is by Shane Ivers. If you liked what you heard, please consider telling a friend, leaving a review, or subscribing with your favorite podcast listening app. Visit our website at cluedinmystery.com to sign up for our newsletter, The Clued In Chronicle, or to join our paid membership, The Clued In Cartel. We're on social media at Clued In Mystery.